You're listening to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the insider toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to go backstage with your hosts, Tamara Cook, Crystal Thane and Melissa Howie. Welcome to Behind the Clipboard. I'm Crystal Thane and please welcome my fellow event gurus, Tamara Cook of Known Associates Events and Melissa Howie. Hello. Hey, peoples. Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that we're sure you'd have heard heaps about. We had a lot of chatter on our Instagram recently about sustainability in the events industry. Sustainability. Tam is so passionate about it. She wrote a song about it. (laughs) It's Saturday afternoon, too, and we have Rosé. And I haven't spoken to any people all day, so I'm pretty excited also. For the human interaction, I'm just came normal. out of came out of your little hole. I did. I came out of my hermit cave today. <laughs> my sustainable uh, hermit cave. I bet it is. Yes. Uh, so we think it's a topic people are super passionate about, and we're into it too. Before we get started on that, though, how was your week? I've had a busy week. Last night we did an event which launched, um, actually it was a relaunch of a restaurant called La Lola in Netherlands. So it's this cute little restaurant, Italian. Um, it's been around for a long time. I'm not sure how many years, but um, it's one of those restaurants in uh, a little neighbourhood that people love. So a lot of people have grown up with it. They've gone to it with their parents and then they've gone back and um, had first dates there. And Anyway, it recently changed hands. So we did this, I was going to say epic event, but it was epic. It was pretty cool. <laughs> did you say so yourself? Tooting my own horn. Toot, toot. Um, yeah, because I was trying to think of something different and um, the restaurant sort of had this idea of doing a masterclass and I thought, okay, well, let's combine fine dining in a private dining room with a masterclass, but then take it to the next level and we'll film everything so that we've got a TV screen in the private dining room. We'll split people into groups and they go off and get their apron on and their hairnet and um, they get a lesson in the kitchen with the head chef and they get to prepare a little bit of the dish and the rest of the people are sitting in the private dining room watching on. So it kind of looks cool. like My Kitchen Rules, MKR type feel. And yeah, it was awesome. Did you, you get in the kitchen, Tam? You look bored. No, <laughs> I'm listening. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> That's my face. I can't help it. <laughs> uh I, I went in the kitchen. But Did you I get an apron on? Did you do the little no. mise en place? Did you get the brunoise going on? No, I don't know what any of those just terms mean. all those words. Just <sighs> I went to cooking school, guys. Oh, <laughs> I don't think you knew that about expert. me. I did not know. Go. You learn something every episode. You would have enjoyed last night. Especially the eating part, no doubt. <laughs> I did do the eating part. Yep. That's the bit yeah. I did partake in. And we had um, Jordan Bruno from MKR. He was our MC and he was epic. He was just the cutest thing. He was so professional, but also so sweet, full of energy and obviously knows his food and knows what it's like to be in TV and have the cameras in your face all the time. So, yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. Awesome. What did I do at work this week? Uh, we cleaned out our garage. Oh, yeah. Excellent. So like, was it like 15 years worth of just... People archiving, but by archiving, they move it downstairs. I feel like you're a doer because last time we asked this question, you'd been gardening. Now you're cleaning out garages. Excuse me. Um, I was involved in this cleaning. Melissa and I, but this is actually going to lead into our topic of sustainability because there's so much in there that, you know, we could, we recycled, we Mm. could repurpose. We recycled so much paper. Yeah, we filled. 15 years. Thank God technology has moved to the place where we don't need to print leave arch files worth of how many do I reckon on the first I did about 40 leverage files I recycled everything that was in them are you saying that this garage hasn't been cleaned out 
at all in 15 years. People just neatly file things and that's yes. cleaning to them. Not me. I'm like, get the skip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm all for a skip. Yes. And also this week I donated my old bed to charity and it felt really good. Oh, good on Great you, Crystal. Job. You're so sustainable. Oh, I am Mrs. Sustainable. <laughs> Miss, actually. Sustainable. <laughs> so Miss Sustainability. <laughs> yeah. What's in store for us today? So today we're going to talk about what does sustainability even mean? Because it's a word that gets banded around a lot in all contexts and I think it's important that we break that down. Why is it important in our industry? And what can we do as event professionals to make our industry more sustainable? Yeah, because the events industry is notorious for being, well, let's just say it, crap no, at being no, sustainable. Notorious. I just wanted to do that. Totally. Okay. We use so many single-use things. Yeah. One night, one party, one event. We as an industry. Yes. Not, not we, we specifically. Yeah. Um, so, we. Tam, I know this is very um, close to your heart. What is sustainability? What does it mean? Um, well, the like an official definition is it's it meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. So you're basically doing something today that's going to be beneficial for tomorrow or won't impact tomorrow in the way that they work. I really like that notion that it's about not about your immediate kind of needs. sphere of reference and needs, but it's about what's happening in the future because a lot of what we're dealing with now is actually what's happened. A generation ago. We'll get into the plastic thing very shortly. Yeah. Um, and did you know, I found this out when I was researching, nine in ten Australians are concerned about sustainability, which is good to see. It's a great first step. Yeah. That yeah. is good. Being That's aware. Surpri- it's surprising though, don't you think? It is surprising. I think being concerned about it and actually taking active Action. steps are very different. 100%. So we just need to continue to lead by example in terms of taking steps towards sustainability. So... Why, as in the event industry, do we need to be worried about sustainability or thinking about it? Why is it important? Me? (laughs) (laughs) Jump in, anyone. (laughs) Don't all talk at once. Um, Well, like I said before, um, we're very, it's a very single use, throwaway, convenient industry. So we'll build enormous sets, we'll put together, um, you know, they'll, Print a lot of signage. So much printing goes into events. Yeah. As Mel and I experienced the other day when we were cleaning the garage. People just printed everything out. And this, you know, everything from the centrepieces to sometimes you buy centrepieces for one night and then we found some in the garage that had been brought for an event. And they're just sitting there gathering dust. They used them once. Why didn't they hire them and repurpose them or at least sell them on after they'd purchased them? If you saw them, I don't think anyone would want to buy them. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> or at least donate them to a charity or to schools. Yeah, yeah. schools are always doing. <laughs> you're laughing because you are a charity. We are a charity. Yeah, yeah. but um, also like a, a drama school even that do like props and sets. And kin- that's how they kindies. ended up with them. Someone donated them yeah. to our charity. Oh, possibly. <laughs> but it, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, that's the kind of thing that is a problem with sustainability. Is sometimes you just don't know what to do with the stuff. Like, and yeah. I think. A lot of the time, people hoard with the right intentions. They don't want to throw it. The, they don't throw it into landfill. They don't want to just get rid of it. I think someone's got a use for it. But then finding out who, what, where, when, why is the hard part. Is how you end up with cupboards full of stuff. Yeah, it's true. But kindies do a lot of art, and there's lots of things that we could probably like centerpieces or um, even even cardboard. When you've like they use cardboard all the time in primary yeah. schools. So yeah. using the backs of signage if they had to um, print. And what I do really love is when it comes to sustainability, I think Australia is actually sort of a bit of a front runner. Front runner? Yeah. Forerunner? What's front that? Runner? Yeah, front runner's yep. right. 
<laughs> Roadrunner? <laughs> <laughs> Not a roadrunner. Because I know they teach it in um, schools from like, I think, year three or four onwards, which is very different yeah. to other parts of the world. Like, I think Australia is outside the top 20 of plastic polluters, which is great. Go us. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good to know. And you have seen the rise of a lot of upcycling sort of initiatives lately, like Buy Nothing. Every suburb seems to have I one. joined my Buy Nothing yeah. recently. I was so excited. Gumtree does a massive trade. Instead of buying brand new things, people are really starting to think about reusing and upcycling, which is great. And swapping for no... Swapping. No cost. Or a beer economy. Brilliant. A what? Perth beer economy. <laughs> have you never heard of that? Mm-mm. Um, Tam, go home and look up Perth beer economy. You can swap anything for beer. <laughs> Why do I not know this? Do you, not, do you like beer? Yes. Yeah. But it's the same kind of notion as you don't want to, maybe not cash, but you don't want to chuck the stuff. You'll do it for a beer. Hmm. Interesting. There you I go. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And it also brings together community. What else do we waste in the event industry? So we've got centerpieces. Lanyards. Ugh. Lanyards. Lanyards. Flyers. The stuff that goes in gift bags is one of my pet peeves. Yeah. Because oh I'm all about quality over quantity. Absolutely. Flyers galore. I think in gift bags there should be zero paper. Agreed. And I want, like, I know it's easy for uh, corporates to produce 50,000 pens with their logo on it. Stress balls. Look. (laughs) (laughs) I was guilty look on my face. I'm like, I've been part of all of these things in my corporate life. Yeah, Caps, mugs, all the things that people already have too many of. You go out, produce more, brand it in your brand. I know, I know, I know. It's marketing. It works. It's price cost effective, sorry. Um, So you can definitely collaborate when it comes to gift bags. So you can... Go and find a brand that's trying to get in, t- in front of your target market that's in your audience and say, hey, would you like to put a sample product into our gift bag? So then you're getting probably a full-size product. It's going to the target market that they want to reach and you're not producing anything but you're giving the guests value when they leave without producing something for the sake of producing something. That's mm-hmm. a chance for brands to be creative. Like you said, you're putting it in front of their target audience, which is way more effective than a pen or a hat with their branding on it. I think so because the conversation comes back to, oh, where did you get that awesome little bento box that you're going to reuse every day that you take to work? Oh, I went to this event that Known Associates threw and they partnered with bento boxes and we had the same target audience and it starts that conversation. Uh, I'm about to look at you, Melissa. Events waste a lot of food, doesn't it? Oh, yes. And I it's do a f- not like wasting food. It's a fine line between obviously catering for your guests and making sure they're looked after and in between people that don't know how to and that sort of thing, and mm. buffering, hedging your bets. Mm. But um, an event I work on, we donate our food leftover from – it's a road event that goes down down south around Western Australia. So there's muesli bars, uh, juice boxes, that kind of thing. We donate it to our food bank. Yeah, great. And there's – Food Bank and Oz Harvest are two of the bigger – Two of the bigger organisations that do stuff like that. But have a Google. Like, you can find anything in your area that will take – we're more than happy to take that off your hands. Definitely. Yeah. There are always people who are hungry who aren't getting fed enough, can't afford it, we're homeless. We need to repurpose that leftover food from events, not waste it. Yeah, there was that one um, that I came across through Feld & Co. So they're a zero-waste uh, venue. Um, I'll explain a little bit more about that a bit later. But they mentioned that they work with a, an organisation called CUDA, K-O-O-D-A, um, and they've got a new approach to waste, which is basically getting rid of waste in a meaningful sustainable way great so what can we do to be more sustainable well definitely making use of technology is i think a fantastic start in the event industry we print so much paper just Mm -hmm. for guest lists melissa doesn't though 
Melissa, I only print double-sided. <laughs> I don't let the charity print colour. <laughs> um, and you choose projection, projection over printing whenever you can. Absolutely. But in terms of guest lists, you know, you can get tablets, use mm-hmm. an iPad. Those are all great ways. QR codes. It's 2019. Like you don't need yeah. to print physical tickets. And we, we had this discussion. We were talking about sustainability in our office this week and the girls said – George is so funny. She says, how did they used to do stuff in the olden days? Like, how did they run events in the olden days before we had technology? Like, how did you put together? You have, you have to write out an actual guest list. Oh, yeah, like a chump. A, yeah. On your, on your um, chisel it into you. Get your little, like, <laughs> stone and chisel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was, she's so funny. She comes up with the funniest things. But it just, you know, sparked that conversation about how – Far we've come, and yet people still do things in an archaic way. Some people are just creatures of habit and comfort. Like they can't let go of the, you know, the physical guest list or the physical tickets. Like I have, I know people. My mum's being one of them. She prints out her uh, travel itinerary when she goes on holiday. She prints out her e-ticket. So does my mum, and she gives me a copy. It's generational. Mm. It is, but also there's a level of backup. Like there's still this distrust with technology technology that it's going to fail something's going to go wrong on the day and you need those backup paper copies in events that uh, we do now I make sure that I write you only need to present your ticket on your phone in a digital version we don't need to see it printed essentially please don't waste the paper because please don't hand me the paper either because I don't want it (laughs) even when you go to the football so if you're heading to Optus Oval it says please print your ticket and then you get there if you haven't yeah and if you haven't and it's on your phone scans on in like Mm. there's no problems what's the whole point of that little Barcode. Yes, scans yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. It it works. One, yeah. Yep. I don't know. Some people are just, yeah, attached to it. Venues need to get with the times and event managers as well. So conferences are another big area of events where without realising it actually produces a lot of waste. So when we were researching this episode, I found out that a typical conference attendee produces 1.89 kilograms of waste per day and 1.16 kilos of that is going into landfill. Melissa, what's that percentage? 61%. Nice. <laughs> Did so, you rehearse that? Yeah, something I, couldn't I prepared work, earlier. I couldn't work out the maths. So I was like, oh, Melissa, no. <laughs> you're up. So, sixty-one percent of what a person. If you go to a two-day conference, you're producing, I don't know, you're like producing one nearly, kilo of landfill. Yeah, one kilo of landfill, exactly per attendee. And some conferences have thousands yeah. of attendees, and they're usually two or three days long. And s- However, on the flip side, yes, conferences probably need to look at all the waste that their attendees are producing, especially it's usually gift bag and paraphernalia related. But some conferences, they actually offer to do carbon offsets for your travel. Mm. So if you're travelling far, um, you just add it to the cost of your, your delegate pass and it offsets your carbon emissions from where you're travelling. And what it makes you? you feel really good. Like where I used to work, we had people constantly going from Perth to London, which is quite far, or Perth to Aberdeen. Mm which is, what, 24-hour flight nearly. So we would always offset their emissions because we just felt bad. <laughs> I feel really bad because I did not offset my emissions <laughs> on my London trip that's upcoming. <laughs> you could probably add it to cart later. Mm. Mm. Just going to edit that bit out. <laughs> cool. Won't be. <laughs> also at conferences, we've talked about what goes inside the gift bags, but also making the, sure the actual bag is reusable. Yes, so not using a plastic or even a paper bag, something that's reusable like a calico or a canvas bag is something that can be repurposed by guests. It could be your yeah. shopping bag. Especially now bags. we need shopping bags. I think everybody 
is extra keen for those bags these days. I've got a boot full. Even like you said, the paper bags, they are biodegradable, which is good or recyclable or easy to break down. But they end up sitting, you know, you get millions of them sitting in your cupboard and you don't actually, well, speaking personally, (laughs) you don't actually get rid of them. So, yeah, I agree. Reusable bags. You can do really funky things. And that's the well-intentioned hoarding. You're going to use it again. Yeah. And another thing with the sort of reusable calico or hessian or what have you bags is, you know, if they're still using it, your brand is out there. Yeah. Three months after the event, that person's at the shops, you see their bag, you're like, oh, that's kind of cute. Where'd you get that from? Yeah. Can't buy them. You had to go to the event. (laughs) I like it. And I think people also need to think, do I actually need a gift bag at all? Yeah. Like really? Is it adding value to the sponsor, the promoter, anything? That's right. And if the answer is no, then... Do you know what we recently did? We gave away bags that were reusable bags, but we didn't put anything in them. I use mine. I like it. Yeah, I use yeah. mine too. I didn't take one. I thought it was responsible as a host to not grab them. Do you not have one? <laughs> no. Oh, I'll give you one today. It wasn't today. enough, so I <laughs> thought the guests need I, to have them first. You need to represent, girl. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, give me Mel, one. Well, lucky we know some people that can hook you off with a known <laughs> a associates, associates bag. bag. Yeah. <laughs> Reusable bag, <laughs> environmentally friendly. Excellent. And then you can show us your tote. Has, hashtag show us your tote. Okay. Show us your totes. <laughs> you have to take it to that level, don't you? Show us your totes sounds less <laughs> sassy. So we've talked about um, carbon offsets and admissions in travel, but what about also getting to the event if it's local? Hop on a train. Mm. So walk. as a pl- <laughs> or walk. Yeah, as an event planner, think about these things. I think it makes it more appealing that there's other options to get to your event rather than just driving your car. And Perth is actually one of those cities where people think they need a car. But places like Optus Stadium, super accessible by public transport. Easier by public transport, it, well, to be you can't really, Yeah. Same as yeah. the convention centre, yeah. which is where a lot of the big conferences and events yeah. are in WA. We're, we're getting better with our infrastructure as yeah. we go on, which is great. But yeah, I think you're right, Crystal. People should um, encourage people to take public transport rather than a taxi or an Uber or drive. And then you don't have to worry about guest parking. Exactly. <laughs> or drinking and driving. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We've talked about donating leftover food, but I think really considering what food you're serving to start with as well and that it's local, it's seasonal. How far has your food had to travel to get to your event? Is it something they've had to import? We really need to start supporting what's seasonal. Local growers. Australia has some of the best produce in the world. Didn't you have a fancy name for this, Crystal? Food Miles. Food Miles. Food Miles. So... um, Again, at my previous job, we looked a lot into how much energy is used to produce X, Y, Z. So it, co- it uses more water to produce a steak than it does to get a chicken on the plate. Wow. It's it's about four times more. It's re- like it, the difference is massive. So a lot of people, I think, turn vegetarian for sustainability reasons. And yeah, like Mel said, buy seasonal. Go to your local market, my favourite place, <laughs> and see what's out there because, you know, it's all very well and good to have... Uh, what's a uh, like? A, what's a winter fruit? Plum? Apples. Apples. Although they're kind of in all the year round. You can tell by the price. If it's really expensive, it's come in from somewhere else. Yeah. Mm. Like, do you want to be eating American apples? I don't think so. That's really far. Do you know what? It's the same with flowers. Do you yes. know most of our mm. florals are imported because it's cheaper? So there's there are local rose growers. I know one personally. He's amazing. Yeah. But he's yeah he's had to change things. Hard to compete. Yeah, it yeah. is hard to compete. So while we're on flowers. 
event industry definitely uses a lot of flowers. The one note only florals. Quite often they are wasted, which is really sad to see. Oh, it's devastating when you get to the end of the night and you just see the staff binning it because, you know, the I staff can't carry don't them all. Care. Yeah. yeah. I can't take them all home. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there are ways to repurpose it. And this is actually a really tricky discussion because we know we want to send them to hospitals, we want to send them to old people's homes, wherever, seniors' villages. Um, <laughs> sorry, old people. Uh, um, old people, if you're listening, please uh, leave us a review. Subscribe and review. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. We want, we want to do good, but finding that way to do good is often quite difficult. Mm-hmm. So how who's picking them up? Who's re- rearranging them? Who's delivering them to the place that you want to get them to? And I think a lot of the time sustainability falls into the too hard basket for the industry. And I completely understand why, because it is can be, it can be hard when you just want to get out of the venue, you just want to go home. Yeah, yeah it's the end of a – you've been on site for 20 hours, it's event for 600 people. It's hard to get that extra level of energy yeah. to take the centrepieces with you as well. I mean, one thing a boy howdy, Mel and I do. <laughs> one thing that I have um, always wanted to do and it it's proving – I just don't know how to go about it. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions, but I would love to see um, big corporate events booked into a venue that go back-to-back with a charity ball or a charity event so they do a big corporate event on the Friday night. They have the dollar spend. They put in all these beautiful florals. And then the next night, those centerpieces are repurposed for a charity. So they don't have to have that expense, but they get the beautiful benefit of something that was going to be thrown away at the end of the night anyway. I'm into that. I really like Any that. Any corporates who want to pay for our ball centerpieces, get in Email touch. Melissa. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard. It's just a back-to-back. It's back-to-back dates, so it's it's peop- it's maybe the venues need to take it on board. So the Crowns and the Perth Convention Centres need to pair people um, up. Beaumont on the point, yeah, they need to say, okay, you, you're looking at this week. We've got this on this date. Would you consider moving to that date? And we'll see if we can tee up um, something that's going to make your event more sustainable and more cost-effective because you're a charity, or even if you're not a charity. Maybe you could, yeah. you yeah. could still, Centerpieces you know, share. are such a big cost at events, mm. but particularly if they're florals. That's yeah. where the real cost comes in. Yeah, fresh florals. But they are so beautiful. Do you know, um, this reminds me, we had this beautiful invitation that came through during the week from a company that's launching, they're called Open Hands Creative. And they are doing things like workshops and they're actually looking for people to donate things to them, such as fresh flowers, and they press them. And then they turn them into art. They do workshops that um, use pressed flowers. I am. Um, I'm actually big on not having centerpieces. <laughs> I think I haven't talked about this before. Probably not on the podcast. You and I have argued about it a lot, <laughs> but uh, people don't notice. I mean, yeah. oh, I think I they notice if there's a beautiful centerpiece. I don't think they notice if there isn't one. Particularly if we discuss this, there's a drinks bucket or something in the middle of the table. And there's a whole lot of other stuff going yeah. on in the room so they don't feel like they need to be entertained by a vase full of flowers. Exactly. Can I blow <laughs> both of your minds? Go for it. Do it. Um, I worked on an event many moons ago uh, where we couldn't afford centerpieces, uh, but the whole theme of the event was innovation. And what we did to work around this was we put Play-Doh in the middle of each table, a couple of different colours. Was it homemade Play-Doh? No. <laughs> Because also I had to drive around all of Perth looking for X amount of Play-Doh because not one place had it all, of course. You should ask my eight-year-old daughter. She can make it for you. <laughs> Look, bit next of flour, time, bit of water, bit of salt. Next time I'm allowed to do that, she's up. Lola. Lola. 
But uh, yeah, we got the guests to make their own centerpiece, and it was a great icebreaker because of the style of event. They were people were sitting with people they didn't know, and it was kind of part of the competition, like best centerpiece wins, and also how many uh, phallic symbols did you get? <laughs> well. I'd be lying if I said there was none. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. I bet. People are so immature when yeah. it comes to play She's You're like just going to make dick and balls. Yeah. She's I like, was trying to keep it clean, she's but like, sure. She's like people. <laughs> Her. Hey, no, I'm too classy for that. I do I do like it. I like an interactive. Yeah. I've been to an event with it. I know they do creative play. Camp Quality used to do it. Yeah. They do it at the beginning of their meetings, so they do something Experiential quirky. is the word. So other types of decorations and styling – Balloons. Oh, Where do we sit in the balloon camp? Let Tam go. Tam's about to rip. Unleash balloons. Okay, my first bugbear with balloons is not actually about um about sustainability. sustainability. <laughs> it's I don't personally don't think balloons belong at adult events. I just for me, I know they there are some beautiful beautiful creations that people would do with balloons, but for me, it just um it screams baby shower, kids party. Mm. Baby shower, yeah, something related to kids. But anyway, I digress. They're bad for the environment. They are so bad for the environment. They are rubber. They go straight to landfill. They're awful. They never break down. All they do is break into smaller, smaller pieces, which make it easier for animals to swallow. It's it's actually terrible for our sea life. So um, I don't know who brought it back. Yeah, because they were kind of dead in. for a while. They were. They, they were out. Everywhere. And Balloon garlands. I'm like Tam. I... Obviously, don't like them for the sustainability environmental reasons, but I also don't like them because I'm really, really afraid of balloons popping. <laughs> like, don't come near me with a balloon because I'll, like, freak out and flinch because it's going to explode. But um, Taronga Zoo Hospital had a sea turtle that came in and the poor little thing had four different colours of balloon in its stomach. It's terrible. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So sad. And it's it's just so sad to see that. You don't need balloons. Mm. Thing that you should also think about when looking at balloons. Yes, there are some that are marketed as biodegradable, but it's very heavily unregulated, that kind of labelling. Do your research. There is actually no such thing as a biodegradable balloon. What it means is it will biodegrade Eventually. over time, but that's it's a long time. Probably a thousand years. Yeah. And the poor little sea turtles think they look like jellyfish and they eat them. And What are some alternatives do you think that we could use? So a lot of the symbolism around balloons, because I think a lot of the issue starts with when you start letting them go mm. as a celebration or a memorial or something. Mm. So something that I think is really nice is, because I'm a keen gardener, is these things called seed sticks and they're branded so you can get them with your event name or anything. You can, I think they're usually sunflower seeds, but they're just on this cardboard and you basically plant the whole cardboard and it'll grow cool. into a sunflower. That's beautiful. I like it. Yeah. We do need to start just thinking. It's a sensitive topic to talk about and it's something I know, you know, if you've lost someone, it is a beautiful symbolic thing to see something float up into the yeah. sky, which is where you feel like their spirit has gone. But yeah, seeing a flower growing. Yeah, and you can think of them every time you see that little flower. And it lasts a lot longer. Mm. You can remember them much longer than seeing a balloon float off in the sky. Yeah. I guess when the flower dies, it could be awkward. <laughs> Had to take it there. Well, <laughs> or if the flower actually doesn't grow, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah. Ju- we're just can't either way, spitballing people. We're spitballing. Than, <laughs> it's better than balloons. Better than balloons. It is. The other thing you could do to kind of see it float off into the sky is maybe blow bubbles. Yeah, that's pretty. Especially the big ones are quite mesmerizing. Yeah, I do like bubbles, and I'm super impressed when people do those enormous yes, ones that and you they feel like pop. you could climb into. Yeah, yeah. and when remember when we ch- talked about that dessert room with the bubbles that could land on you and then they pop. 
Mm, they were full of dry ice. They were cool. Another uh, decorative styling thing that I don't see too much of in my everyday event life, but uh, glitter is mm. also another no no thing that's very bad for the environment. It's the same as balloons. It's basically plastic and it just keeps breaking down until the end of time, but never dissolving. Mm-hmm. I had this discussion with that company I was talking about before, the Open Hands Creative. Um, just talking about glitter and she said you can actually hole punch I can't remember what she said I think it was leaves yeah she had a really cool solution to it I think it was dried leaves or no it wasn't dried leaves just leaves gosh that sounds labor intensive it is and (laughs) this is the problem don't get any ideas would you have glitter if you had to do that probably not but you know what I said makes you think do you need the glitter yeah exactly but going back to community working as one again get the schools involved with um, craft projects, which are then donated to wedding planners. Mm-hmm. So you get the kindy kids hole-punching leaves. They're creating glitter that's going to be thrown at a bridal procession. That's why you should also not throw rice at a bridal procession because if the birds eat it and it swells up in their stomach and they die. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't you? Mm-mm. You're learning so much today, Tam. We don't throw rice at any of our events. but No, but it's at weddings still a fun they do. Fact. Yeah. yeah, fun fact. Um, oh, it's terrible. I know. It's We're ca- how many ways can we kill the environment? <laughs> We're literally listing them all out now. Yeah. We are listing them. We're listing solutions, guys. Let's be positive. Also, Tam, when you said hole punch, it reminded me, I forgot to bring it for you today, my cool Japanese hole punch that doesn't use staples. Stapler. Stapler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it reminded me when you said hole punch, it's not a hole punch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you said hole punch. It basically is, though. I know why you called it Yeah. That. So it doesn't use staples. You, you get pieces of paper and put them together. <laughs> And then you punch it and it makes it stick together like a staple would without using staples. I freaking love this thing. Where can I get one? Officeworks is where I, I got it from. I think you'll need to share mm. a picture of this thing in action on our Instagram. I think I will. Oh, you know what? I'll post a video to our story Oof. of me. It's pretty hard to imagine. Of to me stapling it. something. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so the next big, big topic, and I think we're probably going to go on about this for a while, plastic. <gasps> I've got a story about this. Sit back and think of the last event you went to. Close your eyes. Remember what it was like. How much plastic was there in the room? Depends what type of event it is because I don't really okay, do I think plastic plate. Maybe where I was last night, none. You were mm. at a restaurant. A friend's house maybe, for example. Barbecue. Look, I'm going to be honest. I haven't used plastic plates in a long time. But I'm not just saying that I genuinely – I don't like eating off them because they wobble around, they split in half or they pop your food back up at you. Mel can't get <laughs> – fully into the food properly with plastic plates and that's a good I reason can't. not to use them no yeah yeah i, yeah. I mean and i don't use straws really they're not preferable for the people that are using them they're preferable for the planners Absolutely. because they don't have to do the dishes yes. and they're light to transport yes they've got so many benefits that are not good for the environment and again, not good for convenient because yes you don't have to wash them you can just chuck them all in the bin but then therein lies the problem you're just chucking them all away after using them once exactly so but you know they're coming up with these solutions like bamboo i don't like using wooden cutlery or bam like the bamboo well again cutlery. it's not very it's not really strong enough if you've and got it tastes s- horrible it's like when you get bamboo. to the you know when you get to the end of the paddle pop yeah. and you have to lick the stick okay well i'd chew on the stick for quite some time so. oh i hate it when you get to the stick it's horrible i'm the same i don't like that cutlery no and that's how that cutlery feels so 80 percent of plastic pollution comes from just 20 countries in the world Mm, I'm sure Australia is one of those. No. Really? It's mostly countries in like sort of more developing nations and I understand that they've sort of just, for example, beautiful country. I love Thailand. But whenever I go there, I'm just 
mostly in a bit of a rage because they use plastic for everything. Yeah, same with oh Bali. I think is yeah Bali is is changing. They've mm. got a lot of beautiful campaigns that have come out. There's these kids that started a campaign about pr- plastic free Bali a few years ago, and I think it's going well. And in Kenya, um, they've got a massive rub- rubbish problem, but you're not allowed to take plastic bags into Kenya. Oh really? You cannot fly yeah. into the country with a plastic bag. Wow. I even yeah. had an underwater rage once because I was snorkeling and I saw a plastic bottle at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> blub, 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 blub. Blow, blowing bubbles through my snorkel. Plastic water bottles are actually a huge one, I must yeah. say. Certain sporting events use a lot of single-use plastic bottles. Did you see the London Marathon had those blobs though? Yes. yes. That those is are so cool. A great Have you seen them, Tam? So um, the London Marathon, I think, was the first big event to use them. But instead of plastic bottles or cups that they throw at, throw, <laughs> hold out to the marathon runners as they're running past, it's these... Um, they throw yeah. a plastic blob at them. No, they grab these plastic balls. They're like... Oh, plastic, sorry. Encased in Terrible. gelatin. It's like edible, a seaweed thing. You can eat edible. the whole... Uh, they ditch them at their faces. <laughs> no. <laughs> no one's throwing anything at anyone. No one's throwing oh. them. Oh. <laughs> So they just it's so fun in my head right <laughs> now. It's like a, a water it's balloon. It's not fight. a water balloon. Yeah. So it's made of, I think, <laughs> a, like a seaweed or um, konyaku kind of compound. So you can eat the whole thing, put what the whole... What is konyaku? Have you seen those slim pastas at... Is this another culinary? She's showing off with a culinary... No, it's ling- a shredder's... Ling- it's a shredder's... Um, Linguise. It's a shredder's <laughs> trick. So it's a zero-carb pasta. It's made of cognac, which is a seaweed derivative. Oh, not cognac. The no, not cognac, the alcohol. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were saying there's pasta make of, made of alcohol, and I was like, I mean, I'm there, I'm it's in. It's the uh, K-O-N-J-A-C, if okay. you want to look it up. We digress. Okay. Yeah, we the balls are really cool for rehydration yeah. without plastic. And I actually looked into it because I would love to use them for an event, but they only, like, you can't commercially buy them yet. They were just they were kind of like made. being rolled out just by the company cool. for the London Marathon, yeah. Hopefully they're more widely available soon, though. What about, did you hear about that girl that um, has been saving plastic bottles? It's been all over the net this week, saving plastic bottles and recycling them in order to pay for her wedding. She's 29 years old and she's already earned over $5,000 in five months by gathering containers from family and friends, depositing them at the local recycling centre. Wow. Yeah. You know, that is something WA needs to bring in though, is... The why bottle deposit. Why don't we have it? We I don't, don't it. know. But it, you have to drive to South in, Australia. Yeah. When I lived in Canada. <laughs> Which is emissions. Yeah. We used to get 30 cents per wine bottle and we all know I went through a few oh, of those. How many, how, much, how many millions of dollars did you make, Mel, yeah, in Canada? I made about, uh, <laughs> it's funny though because you lug this massive tub in after months and you think you're going to be rich and it comes out like $52.60 or something. That's nothing to be sniffed at. That's <laughs> exactly. another couple of bottles of wine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to implement that. Decision makers, listen up. So it's hard to believe that we're actually back at the time of top tips, but sustainability is a hot topic, guys. Top tips, Tam. Okay, number one, choose projection over printing. Wherever you can, just put away your printer. Just project it onto the wall. Yeah, and it's so much more fun. It can be diverse. It can move. Number two, go digital as much as you can. Look at itineraries, run sheets, guest lists, all can be managed on a smartphone or a tablet. Correct. Avoid balloons and glitter because... Just think of the turtles every time you're thinking of having a balloon or glitter at your event. Yeah, because it's going straight into landfill. Mm-hmm. Number four, collaborate for giveaways rather than producing plastic items that people probably will throw out anyway or any kind of item made out of any kind of material. Like really, do you have to produce it? Is that the best way to keep your brand fresh in the minds of the guests that attended your event? Maybe not. And number five, see what can be donated after your event. Centrepieces, food, flowers, Printing anything. 
Yeah, collaborate with your local community. Yeah, let's make it all about the community again. Yay. Let's make Australia great again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's do that. That wraps us up for today, I think. Um, Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you love what you're listening to, then please subscribe and follow or leave us a review on your favourite podcast app. Yes, we love reviews. Please. I think think we should read out a review. Oh, okay. Oh, this one is from Becca Faith. Five fave things about BTC. That's us. One, warm, personable and hilarious. Straight off the mark. I was grinning from ear to ear and I felt like it was I was in the room with you. Two, super interesting insights into the DNA of, it, of an event manager that makes so much sense now in hindsight from previous large events I've been a part of. Three, my notebook now has lots of notes with a huge box around sustainable fondue. Hmm. I don't reckon we can, we talked about that, but if that's what you got out of it. Okay, okay can you see the future? <laughs> oh, there. She says, pretty sure they're separate thoughts, but could be a thing. I like it. Could be, yeah. Oh, and topical for today. We like you, Becca. The level of fun, sorry, four. The level of fun, but also excellence and care given when delivering, uh, when delving into topics was super helpful, especially how to tackle canapes to make sure the most dietary types are catered for. And five, left me wanting more, and I'm super excited for the next episode. Me and my notebook and my cup of tea or a wine or both. Mm. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Becca. Thank you. Love it. That's gorgeous. If anyone wants to leave us a review, we might read it out next week. So bring it on. See you next week. Bring it on. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, jump into our Facebook group, Behind the Clipboard Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. (laughs) 